Hey, 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 you are now tuned in to the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast, and I'm your host, Crystal Williams. I'll be chit-chatting with you live today from the Peculiar Palace, of course. (laughs) So sit back, relax, and listen to some Peculiar Career Chit Chat. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free and there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And I'll be the first to testify. I use my phone to record this very episode. So it's definitely super, super easy. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast, you guys, with no minimum listenership. How awesome is that? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you've been wanting to make your very own podcast, I encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. As you all know, I serve as the chief career transitionist of my business entitled the You Brand Academy. As a career transitionist, I assist individuals in gracefully transitioning from one employer to the next or one career to the next career by holistically enhancing their U brand. And for those of you that don't know, the U brand is what you know and what you think about yourself, which is so, so important. And a part of that process, you guys, is ensuring that individuals are financially lit. Why? Well, glad you asked. (laughs) Because what's the use of making money from your employer and not being able to manage it properly and understand how to view money in order to multiply it and build generational wealth. So with that said, God gave me the idea to do a financially lit virtual summit, which was held April 21st to the 23rd. And let's just say some heated, steamy, and timely information was presented by a few financially lit ladies, including myself, (laughs) during the summit. So for this episode, I'm going to let you hear snippets of their financially lit presentation. So I'm kicking it off. So you guys definitely stay tuned. So like I mentioned earlier, first up, I will be taking the virtual stage. So definitely listen out for this financially lit information. But trust me, y'all, what looks like impossible now can be possible in due time. If you just what steward over what you have now. 
And one last thing before I go is when earning or receiving money to build wealth, you want to be sure you don't idolize money. A scripture reference um, I refer to just to get my mind together so I don't be like, oh, I need this money and money is this money. No, 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 no. We're not saying that. I'm not saying that out of my mouth. So I encourage you not to say that out of your mouth as well. But scripture to get me all the way together is Matthew 6, 24. So that's Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And it states, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So my friends, yes, you may love making money, but you really want to be careful to ensure money does not become your idol or something you begin to worship. Or so you don't want to become so anxious to get the money. Like, because if you're being a good steward over your money and you're serving and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, trust me, God is going to provide for you. Yes, you want to have your goals and you want to be prepared and all that, but don't be anxious for it. That's even a scripture that I love to reference as well. Philippians 4, 6, which talks about do not be anxious about anything. And if memory serves me correctly, I know that one of the financially lit ladies also discusses that as well. So I know I just gave you tons of reasons of why not to idolize money. But you guys, please understand that just because you may have a lot of money or not even have a lot of money, know that money is not what makes you happy. Money is not what brings you peace. Money is not what gives you love. All of that, you guys, comes from God and point blank, period. God gives you joy. God gives you happiness. God gives you peace and God gives you love. So, and and I'm not just saying that because, you know, the word says that, but you can look at it every in everyday life. Like, you know, celebrities who have tons and tons of money, right? But they are the ones, they'll be the first ones to say, oh, I'm not happy. Or they'll attempt to commit suicide real quick over some crazy things. And yeah, they have all this money. So it ain't money that brings you the happiness, that brings you the joy, that brings you the peace. You got to find that within. And honestly, that starts with you being rooted in God. Point blank, period. I can't even sugarcoat that. Like, that's just the truth. <laughs> that's my friends, is some true financially lit information where quite honestly, you're not going to get from any other financial literacy events. But in all seriousness, I hope this information provided does not fall on deaf ears and you will be able to implement right away. Next up to the virtual stage, we have Marissa Janae. Enjoy. You know, yeah. diversify 
their income on Poshmark and eBay as well. So as of today, as you mentioned, I am now a Forex trade, uh, trader. Forex, it, it stands for foreign exchange. So it's the exchange of foreign currency or, or just exchange of currency. Just like if you travel outside of the U.S. and you may go to France and you get there and there's little booths set up that you can exchange your U.S. dollar for uh, for the franc, you know, for, you know, mm -hmm. the dollar that they use in um, in France. That, that's exactly what Forex trading is. And it's been around for about 500 years. And a lot of people think that it's new. A lot of people think that it's stock, and it is not stock. Um, once again, like I said, it is the exchange of currency against one another. Um, and the way I came up on forex trading was nothing short of God. Um, one day I was, you know, just sitting here and I was thinking about the ministry and how I wanted this ministry to grow and how I wanted it to help as many women as possible, but not tax their pockets. You know, not, you know, just giving everyone yes. an opportunity to be able to go through my coaching programs and my mentorship and, you know, not having to think about the dollar and, you know, I prayed and I asked God to show me something, one that will give me the capital to build this thing up and push this thing out in the kingdom the way he wants it in the kingdom and also be able to help people as well. And he put my eyes on forex marketing, you know, forex, you know, trading. And mm -hmm. I, I, I first, you know, reached out to someone that I knew that was doing forex trading. And I, I looked at the program that, you know, she, she gave me, and it was something, well, probably Holy Spirit, telling me that this was <laughs> not it yet. <laughs> this was not um, where I needed to be. There was something else. So I kept searching. It was just something in me that just said, keep searching. And I came across this woman's page that I have no idea who she is. You know, I was on Facebook scrolling, and I took a look, and each day she was just posting about trading forex in her, you know, and the success that she was having and who she was helping. And I said, oh, my goodness, okay, I'm intrigued. I need to look more into She had no idea I was stalking her page. I was stalking her page <laughs> for a whole week. <laughs> she had no idea. So it led me to one of her groups, and the group was open. It wasn't private, so I went in, and I just saw all of these people, just, you know, talking about them learning for X and how, you know, successful they are, and they were loving the support, and um, I looked took a look at a video that they had in the group. I watched it five times just to make sure that I had it down and that I understand what they were talking about. And then from there, I contacted her and I got started trading uh, Forex and well, learning to trade Forex. And since then, my life has changed completely. Within a week of starting to learn this new skill, my life changed. And my life changed in a way That's that amazing. my vision, yeah, that my vision is now open. To more things you know um that millionaire promise that i know i have on, yeah Ooh. the millionaire promise that i know that have that i have on my life was now open like i can see it i was able to write down the vision and truly make it plain because of this skill set that i was now learning um within uh the forex you know arena so forex marketing is definitely a game changer it is a way for anyone to build generational wealth. There are 13-year-olds, 10-year-olds out here mm. you know, that are making five figures, six figures each and every month from trading for us. That's 
Next up to the virtual stage, we have Danae Jones. Enjoy. Let me get some background. You did an amazing YouTube video on credit management. It was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I definitely have to have her talk to the audience about that very thing. Because your credit can hinder a lot of things when it comes to your career. Oh, for sure. Let's just take it away from there and just enlighten the audience about what credit is and everything, all things credit. (laughs) Okay. So credit is my absolute favorite thing to talk about when it comes to the financial world because I believe that it's so important to know about credit. My mother did not teach me about credit. Her mother didn't teach her about credit. And so, you know, that's that's why, and that's why a lot of us end up you know, with bad credit or no credit. First of all, you have Mm -hmm. to have, in this world that we live in, you're going to have to have some type of credit. You can't, unless you were born and you had already had some generational wealth coming up, you know, some really good generational wealth, you are going to have to use credit along the way, whether you're using credit to buy a car, whether you're using credit to buy a house, whether you're just getting Mm -hmm. a credit card, you're going to have to get credit in some way, shape, or form at one period or another of your life. And I fully believe that you should start building credit when you become of age. And at the age of 18, you should really have no credit. Hopefully, at the age of 18, you have no credit. You have nothing going on with your credit except for, I want to get my first whatever. Um, And to have good credit means... It simply means, yeah, you borrow money, but you manage it well. And the man, the man, the money that you man that you um, borrow, you paying it back on time, uh, every time. You don't use it all at once. If you get a credit card, you don't max it out. Um, you want to stay below thirty percent uh, usage. Meaning, if you have a hundred dollar credit card, you want to stay under thirty dollars, right? So that you know, mm-hmm. you get, so your credit um, doesn't decrease because once you start to get over that 30 and 50% threshold, then the creditors look at you and say, hey, okay, wait a minute, maybe they can't manage their money because they're using so much or they're asking us for so much credit. And last last year, Crystal, when we were, when we were working, um, when we went to go do impact day with our last um, employer, um, we... Um, I, I was, we went to a high school and mm-hmm. I actually was teaching financial literacy in the high school and you were doing your thing with branding. And one of the things that we, we did was we taught the kids how to do a budget. We gave them a budget and say, let's talk about it. You do the budget to your best ability and then let's talk about it later. And these were high school kids. And one thing that stood out to me that high school, these high school kids were saying was, okay, because we, we had a little snippet of, Okay, your credit card debt is this amount, and this is how much you have to pay per month. But a, a lot of the kids were saying, let me hold on to my cash, but I'll use this credit card. And it's like, mm. it, it's so many adults that do that too. Let me hold on to the mm. cash. Let me hoard my cash. I was just talking to my, my husband about this yesterday. He's hoarding mm. cash, but we have a balance Ooh. on a credit card. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying, I said, you know, 
well, wait a minute now, because you have, let's say you have $100,000 in the bank and you have $3,000 on a credit card. Let's say you're oh, earning 2%. Let's say you're earning 2% on your 100K your hundred and, and, and you're spending 20% on this 3000 It makes no sense to afford that cash. You need to pay that balance off because... because Next up to the virtual stage, we have Jasmine Smith. Enjoy. Forgiveness. Let's talk about what are some strategies to become financially prepared to even purchase a home. Like, if you have not been paying attention or living under a rock or something, obviously, you know, there has been a total shift in the atmosphere when it comes to how we operate on a daily basis. Because no longer are we going to work or school physically. We're doing things virtually online. So, like, how does that impact the, um, the, the financial industry when it comes to preparing for a house? Or how has that impacted real estate in general? Well, to be quite honest with you, the real estate industry is still booming. Um, <laughs> I just closed on a house um, on Monday. And then I'm also um, working with my client now um, to purchase a home. We put a contract on the house today. Um, so the, the real estate industry is definitely booming. Um, the only thing that may have changed or shifted a little bit is how we're actually showing homes. Um, so a lot of the new okay. built out homes, we have the ability to do virtual showings. Or um, mm -hmm. if my client is comfortable enough to actually go in the home with me, We'll make sure we, you know, we're wearing the mask and also the gloves. Um, but we, you know, we still do showings. You know, there are still homes that are on the market. Um, and believe it or not, the interest rates actually have dropped a lot. Um, I've noticed as of yesterday. Um, so this is actually a good time if you're interested and if you're ready to buy a home to go out there and get the home of your dreams. That's amazing. That's that is so. <laughs> That's really good news to hear, especially in times like this where you're hearing bad news after bad news. But this is some really good news, some really good information for people who said, this is the year for me to buy a home. And this is the year for me to get financially prepared in order to do that. So let's just jump right into that. What are some strategies that people can use in order to get their finances together to prepare for a home? Um, what, I, what I'm really stressing to even my clients that I have now um, is to save as much money as you can. You know, mm. if you do decide to, to spend your money, make sure you're spending your money on what you need and not necessarily what you want. So, you know, when you're going to the grocery store, before you go to the grocery store, make a list of what you actually need in your home. Um, and then with the money that you have left over, you know, try to attack some of the debt that you need to pay off. Um, you know, like I said, right now, we're not really driving around in our cars too much, you know, so we're saving money on gas. So there are some areas where, um, you know, since we are home, unless you're an essential worker, where you can still save money. Um, it's important, you know, when you buy a house to have that extra cushion. Um, you know, so you'll have money to go towards your down payment for a home, for your closing costs, and then also like any exception fees that you would have as a buyer. Um, when it comes to the selling side of the transaction, you know, there may be some areas where you may need to invest into your home. Maybe your paint may, may need like some touch up, or you know, you may want to renovate some areas. 
you can and really being able to to differentiate your needs from your wants um and that still coincides with shifting your financial mindset mm, that is so key right there um when you talked about shifting the mindset in order to I guess get your finances together like how how have you been able to shift your mindset and what are some um tips that you want to tell the audience about that well i do i'm gonna do a shameless plug well i do have a financial next up to the virtual stage we have nadia cleveland enjoy so okay we'll just jump right on in let's talk about what generational wealth means to you nadia Definitely, Crystal. So generational wealth to me is leaving a legacy for my family, for my children, for my children's children. And like you said earlier, just not leaving them a bill, not leaving them with any type of debt that my family will incur during our lifetime. And that's really, really important to me um, growing up, not that I was passed down debt or anything, but growing up, my both of my parents worked nine to fives, and I was told mm-hmm. growing up, just get a good job, get good benefits, and retire. And yes. my father's retired, my mother's approaching retirement, and that's just not the way that, to me, that I want to build generational wealth. Um, my parents haven't been able to pass much down to me, which is okay, and that's why my husband and I are working to do that for ourselves and for our children, but growing up, I said there has to be a better way. And what other mm-hmm. do this than entrepreneurship, building your own legacy and passing that down to your family? And um, there are different ways to, to build generational wealth. Um, there are plenty of types of businesses. You can start a business. Some people invest in stocks. Um, but for me, the ideal way to building generational wealth is through real estate. You know, for yes. me, it's always something that's going to be there. Um, people are going to always need somewhere to live. Whether they're running a mm-hmm. property, whether they're purchasing a property, it's going to be here until the end of time. Yeah. Yeah, that is so good. So good, Nadia. So good. Oh, you were going to say something else? Go ahead. Um, no, and I was just going to say, um, I don't know if anybody is thinking, well, how how do you do build that generational wealth in real estate? How do you make sure that money keeps going, you know, and um, throughout your life and through your children's life, and one of those ways is through rental properties, for an example. And... That's what my husband and I were actually building our rental portfolio now, but we call that mailbox money, that passive income that you make in your sleep, you know, that mm. cash flow. And once that cash flow exceeds your expenses, that's when, and that, when I say cash flow, I'm not talking about W-2 income. I'm talking mm. about that <laughs> passive income. So once that passive income, that cash flow exceeds your expenses, that's when you start achieving financial freedom and then generational wealth yes oh my goodness that is so key so you guys i really hope that this information that nadia is sharing thus far is not falling on deaf ears and i hope that you um just took these tidbits 
And one thing, uh, two things I want to highlight, she said just now, is talking about multiple streams of income. So for all my nine survivors out there, it's, it's fine to have a nine to five. I mean, that's what I do as a career coach. I help you be successful, be victoriously employed instead of miserably employed in your nine to five. But I also want to let you know that multiple streams of income is so key to have because that is really the only way that you're going to be able to build generational wealth per se is to have something outside of your nine to five that's helping generate income for generations to come. And another thing that she talked about, Nadia, was passive income. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people like, what, passive income? Well, passive income is just something that you don't necessarily have to earn. So, you have earned income, passive income. Earned income, that's something you really like working in and you got to labor out to do. Passive income is just something that you create, but you don't really work into it. It's just like, all right, I'm making this money while I'm sleeping. And yeah, and who doesn't want to make money while they sleep? I know I do. Don't you? No, you. Exactly, and that's the goal. Um, like like you said earlier, like I said, I still work my nine to five, and mm-hmm. it is temporary. But the goal is to have that passive income exceed. Next up to the virtual stage, we have Felicia Ball. Enjoy. I don't know. <laughs> and one thing that I want to add, Crystal, I'm sorry. 
sorry if I cut you off. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to add to that also is that depending on which state you're in, your state may have a different filing deadline. Um, maybe they have a new one, maybe they didn't. Um, you know, maybe they just have a totally different one than July 15th uh, on the federal side. So that's something that you also want to look into. Like, what is the tax deadline for your state versus the federal? Because in order for you to get the state done, you have to have the federal done because the federal information feeds to the state. So check your state to find out what the uh, filing deadline is for your state and its current time. Okay. That was good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that. That has to be lit information. And since we're on the topic of this 2.2 trillion ever-changing stimulus package anyway, like, what are some things that people can expect? Like, some people are saying they got their checks in the mail a couple of days ago. Some people are saying they didn't even get it. I don't, I don't know. It's just so many, like, conflicting stories <laughs> going on. Can you set the record straight, please? Well, the stimulus payments did start rolling out um, last weekend, actually. Um, they started rolling out last Friday. And um, so if you are a single individual, you will uh, get a payment in the amount of $1,200. Um, and then if you you file Murray County jointly, you will get $2,400. And then if you have a dependent that is, um, 16 or under, you'll get an additional $500 for each child that is under that age, under 16, 16 or under, excuse me. Um, and you, uh, and it's based off of your AGI from your 2018 or your 2019 return, meaning that if you have not filed your 2019 all enjoyed those snippets of the financially lit virtual summit that was definitely some hot and steamy and timely information so i know you're like oh my goodness crystal i want to hear all of the interviews in their entirety so luckily for you you can buy or better yet invest in the VIP pass for only $34.97. Again, if you want to hear all of the interviews in their entirety, simply invest in the VIP pass for only $34.97. Trust me, you want to hear all of this financially lit information, you guys. <laughs> the link to purchase will be in the show notes as well as information on how to get in contact with each of the financially lit ladies that presented. Well, that is it for this episode, you guys. Be blessed and stay safe.